future editing Melissa here. I just wanted to let you know that with our very first guest on the podcast, there were a little bit of audio inconsistencies via Zoom. So I apologize for that and fingers crossed we'll have it all figured out by the next time we have a Zoom guest on here. But I hope you enjoy it and talking with Candice was amazing. So... As always, you can find us on Instagram at the Beauty Beast Podcast. Enjoy. I know Candace was saying that she was nervous. I'm like, don't be no. nervous. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no. I've been sitting here with my headphones on for ten minutes before we were getting started because I'm nervous about ever being late today. <laughs> it's That's true. awesome. I was just sitting That's in awesome. here talking like this. <laughs> it's true. So, I mean, we could just get started because then we can record like an intro or whatever when we're done. Yeah. If well, you want. Mm-hmm. So we can jump right into it and then, yeah, we'll talk hey. about it yeah. the feedback. So Candace, just tell us a little bit about yourself for people who may not know. <laughs> a brief synopsis. My name. <laughs> yes, a quick one. I, my name is Candace Green. I've been in nail tech for seven, 18 years. And the last six, I've been educating and running my business, the my nail stuff, a distribute like a distributor. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's the roundabout. There's lots of stories in between. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get into those because our topic yes. today is community over competition, which is something yes. I know you're super passionate about. Yes, yes very passionate about. Definitely, it is the fuel that runs that definitely pushes my nail stuff and what is behind it for sure. But it is, it's it's the number one reason for me and the company. Right. So I know like I'm really big into that because not any one service provider, whether it's a nail tech, a hairstylist, a stylish, stylist, a lash artist or whatever, you cannot do it all yourself. Like you have to, you know, you can't see every client, you can't do all the things. So you, you want to connect with like like like-minded people and everything like that. So, I mean, there's enough for everyone. And I also think that that community around you kind of helps you like the perfect wording was level up where you see other people hustling, you see other people, you know, evolving, adding things to their business and that motivates you to change and evolve too. So I think the community is so important to make you stay motivated to be successful. And to cheer others on, like, why do you have to compete with them? Because I know that's something that Candace is really huge into. Right. I think that that's super important. I, so what is each of your definitions of what community over competition means? We'll just read them. We'll just go down the list. <laughs> well, and if there's any like things that we can add on to it, because I have a yeah, feeling yeah. they're probably going to be very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, community over competition, for sure. The first one is stop poaching clients. Oh, yes. I think it's very, very important. There is, just like you said, there's enough for everyone. There truly, truly is. Um, the next one, which is kind of, I guess, not the norm, right? Like people don't typically think of these things is a stop avoiding taxes. <laughs> and then on with that would be stop operating illegally. 
and stop pricing below like profitable level. Stop pricing yourself lower to undercut people. It's just not, it doesn't help anyone in the end, especially not you. So those are some things that <clears throat> when it comes to community over competition, I feel strongly about. Um, so yeah, no, <laughs> we can I go into agree. I mean, I know that we, you and I, Candace, we just did like the biz 101 as a follow-up to our class. Mm -hmm. And that was like one of the main things was talking about pricing, which is actually what our next episode is about. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Or the next one that's being posted, it'll be posted before this one. But like, that is so important. It's just not like underselling yourself and not underselling the industry as well, because this isn't our hobby. It's our careers and the poaching clients. Like I never even thought about I actually just had an experience with like a poaching client situation the other day. Um, so I don't do like smoothing treatments or keratins. It's just not in my wheelhouse of what I do. I'm mainly color driven. And, mm -hmm. and of course I do cuts and styles too, but uh, keratins just aren't my thing. It, it just doesn't fit into my schedule and I prefer to refer out. But I have one client who's come to me for eight years now and um, she just gets her keratin done with me through that time but we were getting to a point where the texture of her hair's changed as she's gone more gray and she needed something stronger and I was like listen I don't think that you don't feel like you have to stay loyal to me for your keratin because that's not something I've like furthered my education in like I have your product and we do it but it's not something that I specialize in so if somebody out there maybe could offer a stronger version of that or whatever like there's no bad blood. Like I totally encourage you to do it. Cause she had gotten a contact for somebody to go. So I was like, great. Like keep me posted on how it goes. She came to me the day before, got her color done. I was like, let me know. So she went, and this is a great example of how off putting it is. I don't think people realize that that really doesn't help you retain a clientele at all. While she loved the service, she was so uncomfortable because the entire time she was trying to like, like ask what I was doing wrong or insinuate like she like it was uncomfortable to the point that I just actually saw the client last week and she was like I kept trying Never to again. tell her like no I'm not unhappy like I love my hair colorist I just wanted to try you out because one of my friends goes to you and her your product's stronger I've gone to her for years and she told me you know she wished me well and looking for a stronger product and that if she felt that I was, you know, I was in good hands with you, she encouraged it. She's like, I'm not looking to bash her. I'm still super happy with my color. I'm just coming to you for a keratin. Well, guess what? Now she's at the point where she's actually open to finding somebody else again, or she's not sure she wants to go back because that's what people don't understand. Like, it's not hard. You could have retained that client for a keratin. It could have been a great teamwork situation, but instead... You're trying to bash the other client, the other stylist to get more business. It never works. No, no, not ever. Not in my freaking 18 years of being in the nail industry. Does it ever, has it ever helped? Or I've seen it help anyone to be like that at all, ever. It's always, it always blows up in their face. It's a negative environment for yes, sure. My clients don't want to be around. No, exactly. not and, at all. And the people who maybe do connect with it or they do decide to jump ship in that moment and join you, 
they're going to jump ship on you when something new and shiny comes along too, because that's the type of person that they've kind of shown to be if they connect with that type of energy, is my opinion. Oh, for sure. And that's a shitty situation to put a client in as well. Like, you don't, especially as if they're coming to somebody like your client was coming to a new stylist and now you're bashing the stylist that she's coming from like that's awkward especially like your client did not want to leave you she's like i'm just looking for somebody else to partner with really well, and that's what the funny part was like there was nothing to bash color wise with my work and to be honest with the keratin aspect there was nothing to bash there either because i was using yeah. a weaker product than the one that she offered right so it's just a matter of something else that's a little bit stronger seems to fit better for her hair at this moment but yeah. I know in confidence when she went and sat in that chair because I had just done her color, you can't, I know my color quality, so <laughs> you're not going to be able to bash that. So instead of just trying to retain that client, they're already sitting in your chair. They're wanting to try out what you're offering. You don't have to sell them on leaving that other person. That's just right. my opinion. And I think that that's the sad, like community over competition is for me... I've seen multiple aspects of it because then, you know, outside of being behind the chair, we also, you know, own multiple businesses between the cabin and then we also make hats. I think community over competition and Melissa witnessed it first and foremost with our hats was one of the first times that I was like, it is cutthroat out there. But, you know, of course, Mm -hmm. you always see people get inspiration anytime there's artistic things that come along. I think hair is a little more flexible because it it's artistic, but it's not like painting a picture, creating like right. a design, if that makes sense. So we're all going to yeah. follow similar formulas. We're all going to lean into each other for formula ideas. And if you follow a color chart, your formulas are going to be similar to one another's as you do color corrections and all of that stuff. But I guess I would relate to like both of you guys in the nail world where like, artistically you know with the hats you're coming up with a design same as like if you're doing nail art on nails right you always have to give credit where credit's due if you've seen something and somebody's created it and then you try to post it like you just came up with it out of nowhere right like (laughs) you can't do that like (laughs) we had it you know happen to us with our hats where there was a girl that would like sprinkle and I've had it happen multiple times, unfortunately, but, um, you know, she would sprinkle in like every few months and ask a few questions about our, our customs process. And then they, she'd ask a few more questions. She'd ask a few more questions, but it'd never lead to an order. Well, I, I'm a little more on the social media savvier side, but honestly, my husband's now taking over, like answering all of the messages because I can't juggle it all. And one day I'm scrolling through TikTok and this person who had messaged us, you know, multiple times, um, she posted a hat that she had done with details down to the exact pinup playing cards we use. Down to the way she was posing in the video was exactly the way we do our videos for our reels when we record the hats. And the reason that I laugh is because she then on her, her, because of course I went to her page after that because I couldn't not. And I made the connection of who it was. Um, 
right next to that one, she had a post about community over competition. <laughs> and I said, no, community over competition, this is a great example of that. You could have given us credit, right? Like, we're not gatekeeping. I get it. You were inspired. You wanted to create something for yourself. All right, right. that's cool. But you've reached out to us. You've communicated with us multiple times, and you've clearly gotten inspiration. Oh, and remember, she hashtagged small business. And oh, that yeah. Rattled me to the core. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, that's a great example of where community over competition could be taken in certain people's hands and turn toxic. Because, yeah. so like, if you were to call that person out, they could very easily be like, well, community over competition. Yeah, that is true. But in order for it to be community, you have to give credit where credit's due. If you were yeah. inspired by somebody for nail art, if mm -hmm, you were inspired sure. by even their business structure, there's nothing wrong with posting, hey, I was inspired by so-and-so or nails inspired yeah. by, so I've yeah. done it for formulas. I remember I took my, my own hair copper one time and I was inspired by another girl who specialized in Pulp Riot. And so I used her formula on my hair. I wasn't, I posted a picture of my hair that I had done on myself. And of course I credited right, her. Why course. would I pretend that I mixed lavender and lemon <laughs> and an orange tone together and that it was my formula? I didn't come up with it. I got inspired by her. So I'm going to credit her. You know, I get fired up about this topic. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Well, and I'm like, there's lots of instances and even Melissa, like we both see it on both ends, like with nail art, with oh yeah, for sure, <laughs> with for sure. everything. Yeah, with, yes, I'm like just even in teaching and education and all those things. People, you know, they take or assume or and don't give credit for things, and it's it's all over. It's not just yeah, it's all over. It's not a good thing. So, which is why I'm super passionate about it as well. Exactly. <laughs> Very passionate about that. Oh, exactly. And sometimes I feel like the people who sometimes like scream it loudest or the most consistent are sometimes very toxic behind the scenes. Is it like the same people who say know your worth? Yes. <laughs> it's the same people that say charge your worth. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. and I think that's a slippery slope and it eventually comes out, but you know, then you have some people who are, you know, like me, I don't do acrylic nails at all. Like I know several mm -hmm. girls in my area that I'm like, they do beautiful acrylics. Like you should go to them because I've said it before on this podcast and I'll say it again. Acrylic was never my jam. My liquid to powder ratio sucked and they always popped off after a week, no matter what I did, how I prepped anything. It was just horrible. <laughs> Like, same same <laughs> don't come to me unless you want your acrylics off in a week like I think that's what's beautiful about our industry like in general knowing what your um specialties are knowing what your wheelhouse is and knowing when to recommend somebody to somebody else that doesn't mean you're shutting them out of your book but it's a revolving door because there's going to be somebody that comes along that prefers gel or yeah. you know and then at that moment, that person who specializes in, in acrylic can make that call where, you know, before it was like, I think when we all first started in the industry, we all make the mistake. I feel like there's more boundaries for people coming in now where they're like more comfortable with no. 
but yeah. I think we all made the mistake in building where like we we thought we had to say yes to everything so you would say yes to something and you'd have that pit in your stomach the whole service mm -hmm. like oh my god I'm gonna vomit because I don't know if it's gonna come out good or it's gonna come yeah. out horrible right <laughs> or gonna last <laughs> right like or if it right if it comes out good you're like lord have mercy please let your nails stay on for a few yeah. weeks we'll see you but you're like I don't know if I can recreate that so let's just go with it <laughs> right but now like with the beauty of of what we're saying with community over competition, you have the ability to recommend somebody who's honed in on those skills that maybe aren't your specialty, know they're in great hands in that moment, not have that pit in your stomach as you're performing your services, which in turn gives the chance for somebody to sit in your chair who appreciates what your specialties are. For sure. Yeah. I think too, going back to like what you were saying about that girl, it blows my mind and, I, and this is just the way that I think too, the way that I am. I'm, I'm always thinking outside the box, right? Like in school, always, here's a box. They try to keep you in it. I was always on top of it, hanging off to the side, <laughs> like never inside. But so I can see things from all different angles. You sending that girl to her, like to me, if it was me, I would have been so appreciative. And I would have been like, I would have just known that you were probably busy and if I'm trying to build I would have been trying to hit her up for her friends <laughs> right. I would have been like for your friends like who do who else do you know I would have been like I don't know that's just me so I'm like I feel like these girls too a lot of people wouldn't think of that it's that competition right I have to have everybody I have to do this they're coming to me because I'm the best and reality it's like there's someone for everyone it doesn't matter it's okay if people don't vibe but I don't know if it would have been me, I would have been grateful. And if I was trying to build, I would have absolutely hit her up for her friends. Right. <laughs> it wouldn't have been a her thing. It would have been like, do you have any other friends? Like, um, help a sister out. So, and I would have reached out to you and been like, thank you so much. I'm so down to do that for you anytime. Like there's just right. so many, there's so many things that it's like, man, yeah, it never serves. Right. It never serves to be like that. It's always a better situation if you can help or yeah, if you can, if you can help each other and work together. Yeah. I think that like with our salon space here, um, we've seen the beauty of like when you kind of cut out that competition mm -hmm. and that energy of like trying to get ahead of one another how much each of you can flourish and i think with everybody running their own businesses there's none of that like petty little drama of like at least melissa and i worked yeah. at the same salon for a little while and i think we could agree <laughs> that like because there's that separation of like the front desk who's like choosing what client sits in what chair then it can turn into like specifically i remember melissa you know when she started at at the salon was getting pretty mm -hmm. busy pretty fast because she was honing in on her nail art she was honing in on doing things different than honestly a lot of the nail artists in the space so she started to get busier and where if you're bringing in your own business people are cheering for you but when there's the aspect of knowing that you know a front desk has put these people they come up with that idea i also worked the front desk before i got onto the floor so i know all the um you know all the ins and outs right and, and so 
they, you know, if you're slower and you're waiting for maybe somebody to come in, it's so easy to not self-reflect and to point fingers other places. So as Melissa was getting busier, it's easier for those nail artists in those open times that they're not getting somebody to say, oh my God, they're just filling her book constantly. Oh my God, they're just doing this. They're just doing that. I dealt with it. I mean, there were times I'd be like in the middle of blow drying a client and I'd watch like a stylist who maybe that person had gone to previously walk up to the front and ream the front desk because they were sitting in my chair because of the culture of like they believe that you know you're younger fresher so they're filling your book and not theirs I've always said the same thing if you're in the industry past five years and you're dependent on somebody else putting people in your book then you need to self-reflect and figure out what you're doing wrong that your retention rate isn't better and that's just my opinion in general but I think when everybody I mean businesses that's like a great point here yeah we don't see that like the only thing I hear is when somebody's hair comes out beautiful or somebody's nails come out beautiful everybody's boosting each other up they're like right, that looks sure. so good yeah. that looks awesome like I've never seen anybody no be like oh girl that looks like shit or like get that energy of like oh my god she's so busy and I'm sitting here because when you run your own book if you're not fully booked for the day you're kind of like okay what could I adjust do I need to maybe run a special like we have two of the girls that are really really hustling to build right now yeah they run specials for you know different packages to, to get new clients in their chair. And I think that's a great example of self-reflection to move forward instead of trying to blame other people for your lack of success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And that's where I think the community thing is a beautiful thing because now we have social media where you can see what other people are doing as far as like their business structure and get inspiration. Oh, yeah, Not for necessarily sure. that you're copying them, but then let's say you're in a slow month. I mean, I'm not saying this is happening, but let's give a hypothetical situation of like, I don't know, two girls are maybe booking up more in our space and they're busier and then one person's noticing their book's really slow. I'm not saying that's happening because it's not, but I'm just using it as a situation. Maybe if you're sitting there and watching the two girls offer packages and they're booking up faster, that might be something where you're like, damn, maybe I should offer a package to get some new fresh faces into. Yeah. And, and I for sure don't think, I mean, another aspect of that, that I'm super, that I can get behind is offering your current clientele some kind of a something, right. Instead of consistently posting like new clients only, because right. that's very off-putting. Yes. So to me, I'm like, man, I would reach out to my clientele that I loved and be like, hey, I will give you guys a referral. Like each person that comes in here, like in books an appointment, I would hook them up and that and hook the person up, right? Like, try to reward your current, your current clientele that you love because you want them to bring people more like them. Mm-hmm. So I think that is a, that's definitely something that girls probably newer don't really think of it's like let's post only new clients and it's like man oh man don't forget about your your loyal clientele yeah yeah we talked about at the end of the day yeah yeah they're the ones they're the ones there yeah right um because I remember even like I think we touched on this yeah we did a clientele episode but Mm -hmm. there were like coupons that people would come in with right and um 
it was like a bigger discount for I think the new person and then remember it was like a smaller discount for the person who referred and we I always thought like shouldn't we flip that <laughs> like because yeah. I mean it stinks but the reality is it's almost like it's kind of like getting into the Groupon conversation like if you give too big of a uh. discount that first sitting are they coming to you because they like your services or are they coming to you because of the discount, right? Yeah. So is there the chance of retention there anyway? Like the right. the two girls mm -hmm. um, with the packages, they just started to shift now that they're starting to retain. And I think this is a, a great um, like transition and they're starting to do like, they're calling their new package like a refresh package. And um, I was talking to one of the girls about it, Alejandra, and she was saying, especially, you know, with what's going on with the world right now and just financial things, um, they wanted to offer something a little more realistically priced for their returning clients who maybe don't feel ready where they need to take on that full package of doing a full head of balayage again. And I think that's a really right. great example. I mean, I see both of their structure and I think they've definitely got inspired by other people you know, people yeah. in the industry. And to be honest, their inspiration is working because yeah, they're busy. Right. Yep. Yeah. Well, and at the end of the day, it's like, would you, if you know, if you have that skill set and you're like, okay, I am sure I am confident I can do this. I would absolutely give someone a discount to get, just sit in my seat one time. I think that was definitely something when I moved to St. George and had to rebuild, it was like, yep, I'll do your nails once trust and believe you'll be back. Right. <laughs> and you have to tell yourself that for sure. And then, I mean, at the end of the day, if they stay, that's amazing. So it doesn't matter, you know, and we raise prices too. So, but yes, I'm like, I definitely doing whatever you can, but helping to retain your current clientele and getting whoever you can in the seat. I mean, I definitely don't know if I'm a fan of Groupon. No, no. we aren't either. Don't worry. <laughs> we to, yeah. We talked about in the yeah. episode, there used to be like the Groupon hecklers in our uh, yeah. suites where they would like come in mad because they were like, which suite am I supposed to be in? I bought a Groupon. And you were like, ah, not this one, bitch. No. <laughs> You're like, I, I did not. I am not a part of that. That is not me. <laughs> and they were never friendly. Never. never once did I meet a friendly Grouponer. <laughs> like, they scared me every single time. And I was in suite one. So I was also the director. Yeah. I didn't realize at the time, but I should have had a rent discount because I was always the one everybody would open the door and be yeah. like, where's blah, blah, blah. And everybody was pretty cool until it was a group honor. And then oh they'd be like, uh, do you know her name? And she's like, no, I bought it off Groupon. I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, this is it. Sweet one's all I got. Like <laughs> oh, my scary. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> it, it definitely is. I think that I've seen, like, a huge shift to the version of community, for sure, like, in the last few years where – I think girls are, and, and guys, I don't want it to sound like we just think that the beauty industry is females, but um, I've seen people in general where I think they embrace each other a lot more. Um, I almost yeah. feel like, and I don't know if you guys could relate, there was maybe a little more competition. Like when we first started building, it was yeah, a little bit sure. more of that like toxic, like old salon culture. And I remember like even watching like, as our industry changed, it was kind of difficult because 
you inevitably sometimes took on some of those thought processes only because that's all you knew. You didn't know any better because it's kind of like you get plopped into this industry. You start to learn from what's around you, right? Mm -hmm. And you start to emulate what's around you. So I think Mm -hmm. that as I watched things grow and I watched like, you know, certain stylists really grow on social media. And I think what you see the most of it is that they're cheering each other on, that it's not, you know, nobody's looking to undercut the other one or to I think bash. I saw it more when I left the salon setting. Yeah. Same and went independent. Me. I think I related yeah. to it more. Yeah. Like when you're yeah. in it for yourself and, you know, you don't have maybe like a room full of people around yeah. you. It, it You have to create your own community. And then I think you start to branch out and connect with more people than just what's within your four walls yeah. of where you're working. Yeah. Yeah. And you connect with people that are like-minded, which then Camille, they build your community. I definitely moving here and having to rebuild, it was definitely, I did commission. Like I was commissioned for a while just because I was so scared. I'm like, I don't know how to freaking build. And I don't, I haven't had to do this for 13 years. <laughs> I had my clientele. It was so scary. And I, I only did commission for like one month because the people that were coming in were staying. And the other girl that had been in the salon for a while years actually, um, started getting very competitive with me. And I, this is just me and how I am. I'm like, well, look, come watch what I'm doing. Come see what products I'm using. And I would always try to explain it as we don't use the same thing. So, and we never did. And so going there too, it was like, they were definitely trying to set my prices for me. And once I was not doing commission, it was like, no, if you want me to stay here, I'm booth rent. This is how, this is what my prices are. Like, I just knew, you know, my worth, but also, I also know that being someone coming right out of school, these are not things that you would even like, you wouldn't be confident enough to walk into a place and be like, no, I know what I'm doing. (laughs) Please just give me a space to work and, you know, watch everybody. And then even with that, as the time went on, the girl had gone on to, um, she went to maternity leave. And when she left, I was like, they, they obviously just filtered all of her clients to me. And when she came back, there was like half of them that didn't want to go back to her, but me, I was like, I, for one, I didn't want her clientele base. I wanted my own. And I was like, you know, this is where you need to go. Here you go. And I think she started to pick up on it. And she was like, okay. When I started doing education, she was like, can I go with you? I'm like, absolutely. I'm like, see, this is, this is how it should be. But there was definitely negativity in the salon, but it was me being consistent with how I am that everyone started to see. Right. And everyone was seeing like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not trying to steal your client. You're this, you're that we can learn from each other. I mean, there's definitely things, you know, when I would sit with her, if I was not working that I learned from her that I'm super grateful for. So I'm like, it doesn't need to be like that. I promise. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's one of the hardest things, like having the confidence of knowing who you are when you enter Mm -hmm. into maybe more of you know, like a salon setting where there's that energy around. I don't want to say salon setting because 
I don't want to dog salons because I don't think salons are yeah. a problem. I think it's the environment that's created. It could be in any business, really, truthfully, right? No, for like, sure. Like if it's that competitive nature and that's all you know and you don't have that confidence underneath you yet and you're leaving school, I think it's very easy to just sink into that mindset, think that that's normal mm -hmm. and yeah. – um, kind of run with it from there and I remember always thinking when I was building at the salon like I remember one time I came out and th this isn't bashing like everybody because I think we can both agree there were incredible people that we worked with at that first salon mm -hmm. and such kind souls but one day when I was building of course you're slower so you've got more time or you might be in the break room or wherever well, I made the mistake of going to the break room. I used to always sit up front, and then, um, I don't know, one day I was just sitting back there, and it was just, like, like underhanded digs from, like, I hate to say this, but, like, I, I kind of coined the phrase, like, couch dwellers, <laughs> of, like, the people who are, like, bitter about, yeah. like, not having a retained clientele. They're tired. They're run down in the industry. They've taken on these toxic mindsets and they're just dumping their toxicity on everybody. So they yeah. see like a young, fresh face and you're like, oh, I'm just waiting for my next blow dry. And they're like, yeah, you just wait till you're 20 years in and nothing's going. And you're like, oh my God. Like I came out because like one day it was just a lot and there were like some comments made towards me like, oh, you're just, you know, building because you're young. Da, da, da. Like they're giving you clients. And I looked at, like, the guy that was sitting next to me, and I was like, oh, my God. And he's like, I'm going to give you some advice right now. And he was a busier stylist. He was like, don't ever sit in the break room. Don't sit in there. Like, what great advice? Because as you're saying this, I'm like, oh, my God, yes. Yeah. Like, he was like, don't. Any salon. Yeah. He's like, because what will happen is you will just end up being dumped on with negativity and those people aren't busy and they're angry about not being busy and they're going to take it out on you if they see you starting to become busier. And that's exactly what happened. And I took that advice through all of my years. Like I would go into the break room to eat and I mean, low key kind of pray nobody was in there each time and like shovel in my food and run out <laughs> because I was like, ah. especially if you were like, oh, I only have 10 minutes to eat. They'd be like, oh. You only have 10 minutes to eat. Must be nice to be that booked. Like it was always like. So Never a positive. Never. Never. <laughs> and I remember it like sometimes would wear on me because I'm like, why does it have to be like this? Like, why can't you be excited for something? Or, you know, I helped women out, you know, when they went on maternity leave. And I've always functioned when I would help people out, you know, previous to being fully booked at the point I am now where I can't really probably take on somebody's clientele while they're on maternity leave but yeah. I always looked at it like I was treating their clients how I would hope when the time comes for me to go on maternity leave if you know I choose to have a child in the future I would want my clients treated right where yeah. I want them to be treated incredibly another thing I do notice is I've watched some stylists over the years purposely choose people that I think they know aren't going to measure up and I hate to say this but I've watched it multiple times oh, for sure they choose service providers that aren't gonna be of an adequate level to their skill sets to send their clients to oh yes that when they come back you know 
then you're going to realize how much you appreciate me. I think that that is so horrible on multiple levels. First off, I think it's horrible to the service provider that you're looking at them that way because I think that's, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's shitty, first and foremost. Yeah. Second off, I think your clients care and your clients, you know, receiving good service even when you're out speaks volumes to what type of reputation you uphold for yourself. And I feel that I know my clients would not be happy if I were to send them to somebody, you know, that wasn't not equal. Right. Right. And, and I think that you have to, if you know that you've, you know, created a very healthy environment for your clients to enjoy coming to you, listen, there may be a few that connect with that person. That's a, that's, that's going to happen sometimes, but Mm -hmm. that's going to open the door to somebody else coming in. But I've always looked at it like, and I've helped three people in total on maternity leaves. I've never sharked their clients. I've always talked the whole time that they're in my chair about their stylist when they're coming back. Um, And I've talked about care in the meantime, some of them maybe even changed their color services while they were with me, you know, one or two visits, depending on how long the maternity leaves were. I'll give you the formula I use. Like I'm not, when you come back and they come back into your chair, I'll give you it all. I'm not going to not give it to you. That's the same thing as like if a client moves away, like, or you know what, even if a client's not meshing with you energy wise, but they maybe like their color, like I'll give you your formula. (laughs) If like we're not meshing and you find somebody else, that's okay too. Or if my schedule doesn't work for them, you know, I think there's a lot of things that run into it, but that's how you, I've always functioned in our industry in the way that I would want my client to be treated in somebody else's chair. That's always the way yep. I've looked at it. It's just sometimes off-putting and disappointing when that's not received on the other right. end. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, I know that Candace has a interesting story about when she moved yes. down to South Utah. I want you to tell it because she told me and it was really good. And well, then we have a DM that we want to share yes. too and maybe get Candace's input on. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you guys kind of know when I moved to St. George, it was, I was scared out of my mind, had to rebuild a clientele, had the same clientele for like 13 years. This is kind of too, when I started really diving into Instagram and like trying to figure out, okay, how is this all the people, all the young kids are using it? Like, how do I do this? (laughs) Well, then I would go down these deep, dark holes of, I'm like, I started, you know, researching other nail techs in the area because I was like I want to see what these people are doing this is clearly different from northern Utah right so I found this artist and I was like I had heard a lot about her and quite frankly I was very intimidated by her for many reasons there's a lot of things that she had that she did with nails that I did had no idea how to do and she was really good and but of course, you know, at the time it's like that whole compare thing, like, how do I compare? And in reality, when I finally had to like do my change of mindset, because when I'm scared, I definitely, when I'm, when I'm not, when I'm unsure, I definitely start to compare myself with other people. Oh, for sure. Um, I was like, dude, this chick doesn't even like do gel. She does acrylic. Why am I like freaking out? <laughs> So I kind of like go on the back burner. Don't really, you know, like don't pay attention. 
all of a sudden, all these people start finding out who I am, what I do. And it's just really word of mouth. Right. right. And in all of this, I'm like, I, you, I mean, obviously you have clients that come in that are like, oh, I went to this person and they would always talk about, right. And they would say things, she's loud. She's this, she's that. Well, in listening to all these stories of other people talking about her, I quickly picked up on the things that she was being like, I don't know, ostracized for, like being put out there for were like, I could tell she was setting boundaries. (laughs) I'm like in my head, I'm thinking, no, dude, she's telling you that you don't get to come to your appointment late. (laughs) Like, that's not like, why are you trying to like throw somebody under the bus for that? Anyways, when cut to a couple of years later, start teaching all the things I still, this girl still intimidates the hell out of me. And as I started teaching, she, she actually reached out and was like, Hey, I like it. This was her. She's like, I don't understand this gel that you're using. I want to take a class from you. And I was still so like, okay, <laughs> very intimidated. Met, she came to the class, met her. And I mean, in reality, she's freaking amazing. She just is a boss ass babe. She just puts her foot down and that's the way she is. Right. But as I, as we like started gelling and stuff and I would have people reach out like, Hey, I want nails like this, or I want nails like that. At the end of the day, man, it definitely served me to, Hey, I don't do stuff like that. I didn't want to say names, but I'm like, this person does. And it was this crazy, like, I feel like every other nail tech in our community down here is like the same way with this person. They're very intimidated by her. And once I could start being like, no, she's cool. Like she's seriously, the reason why she's loud and her clients get whatever is because they're clearly going in on her boundaries, right? They're like stepping in and she's trying, like, I see her as a way she's trying to set her boundaries. So with that said, at the end of the day, it definitely helped me because I can't, what she creates, I can't, I can't create that, nor do I want to. <laughs> it's not my clientele base. And so once I started, you know, explaining to other people in the community, other nail techs, like, dude, she's a freaking rock star. Like she does really good at this and this and this. She educate, like she will, um, she licenses people and she's very passionate, right? So I definitely, I will send whoever I can to her. And in return, she's like at any day, all day, she is an ally and I, she is very loyal. So it's crazy to me that moving here, right here, I am scared out of my mind. And I'm like, basically judging, like, let's be honest when I'm like scrolling through, I was judging. Now I'm like, go hang out with her, have a drink. She's cool as shit. She just knows what she wants. And she's really good at what she does. And I think that that's like the beautiful thing about. Right. It's just getting to know somebody via social media. And I think like judging, like, I I don't think you should be embarrassed because I think we all want to pretend like we don't do that, but we do. I mean, Mm -hmm. I know like Melissa and I have talked in this last month. Oh yeah. Like 
I probably hit one of my and as I was experiencing it, um, Melissa was listening to me vent a lot, but <laughs> you know, you get online and, and you go through social media and when you're hard on yourself, then you, it's so easy to start first off judging yourself, but then you scroll through and, and you can, I think we all judge, we judge, like that's just what social media can encompass if you let yourself go in that direction with it. Mm-hmm. But I think we always forget that there's a human on the other side. And nine times out of 10, once you meet that human, anything that you've built up in your head of like what they could be, you've maybe convinced yourself that they're super intimidating or that you guys wouldn't mesh. You might sometimes be surprised because what you're seeing online might not be their full, you know. Well, and like Candace was saying, you know, she's just spouting her boundaries and everything like that and if she's passionate about boundaries she's probably trying to like teach others about that as well so yeah yeah you know there's nothing at the end of the day we all do it different right right exactly we all we all go about different and there's someone for everyone I think the like teaching classes and telling these girls they their light bulb moment was hey just because someone does something different doesn't mean that they're bad, right? Acrylic isn't bad. It's definitely the tech that puts it on or, you know, if they weren't taught properly, it can be just as great. So at the end of the day, it was like, you have clients still want this, this service. I don't want to do it. This person does freaking send them their way, dude. And at the end of the day, everyone is happy and everybody wins. Yeah, and if everybody did everything the same, then there wouldn't be anything to talk about. Like, there wouldn't be anything to learn from each other, right? So, like, if we all held everybody to the same standard of, you know, even, like, for me, I'm always going to default to hair, of course. So, like, color knowledge. Like, there's two types. I Well, not two types because there's a lot of different versions. But there's usually like type a stylist and then like your more free-spirited stylist right i always say type a stylists like measure their color perfectly use their color key that would be me if i was a stylist (laughs) but their formulas you know might be a little more straightforward where there's times where the and i'm probably more on the artistic side where like I mean, perfect example, I took somebody dark that had been super blonde with me the other day and, you know, pre-filled her hair, pulled through the color, and it wasn't enough. So I took straight CC and I threw it on her head where I think more of like a type A stylist would have said, I'm going to pre-fill the hair with something more powerful to start because I never want to dream of putting straight copper on the hair at the end when she doesn't want copper, right? But then you see how two different minds work and that second lesson's important because maybe that type a stylist might have needed that copper at the end but they would have been scared to do it with the way their mind works but now that you've seen somebody take straight copper and throw it on a brown at the end and it turns out beautiful you're like oh i could do that if i needed to Mm -hmm. right because you do something different doesn't mean mean that it's wrong it just you know, if Candace does nails one way and I change one little thing and do it differently, that doesn't mean that we're both like she's wrong and I'm right or I'm right no, and she's right. wrong. 
you know, as long as like the structure and the foundation is there, but the end result is like holding up, then and it's you guys fine. Can learn things from each other. Like just by For sharing sure. and talking, there may be something that Candace is doing where you're like, oh, I could do that. There's been many that, times, right? Or yeah. and vice versa. Well, the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. You guess we don't. None of us know everything. If we knew everything, then right. There'd be no, nothing to learn, right? So I think we have to learn how to value each other and value each other's minds to know that they're different, but know that being different is a good thing. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So let's touch on our one listener's question and then we'll wrap Your up. DM. Here. Yes. The DM. This one's a good community over competition yes. example. And she was also a student in one of my classes recently. So, um, okay, cool. so her DM says, I have a client that I've done her nails for probably four to five years. I have recently switched her to luminary and she has the longest nails of any of my clients. I have worked so hard getting her nails grown out. I only do solid gel colors without nail art, but with maybe the exception of glitter. This client visits another local nail tech that's a friend of mine for nail art a few times a year. So I've told her a couple of times that if she wanted to switch to the other tech, that would be good with me. No hard feelings because I know I can't offer her what she likes. She then tells me no matter... She then tells me she doesn't want to switch because my quality is really is really better but she enjoys the occasional fun of the nail art so my question is how would you feel if this person posted on social media multiple times that the other tech is the best there is after she went and had her nails done oh man i think we I kind of chatted about this the analytical side of me is like i need to ask all the questions right now i need all the sites i need this side and that side <laughs> the first thing i do is like one side obviously so we only know one part of it right I guess the other part of it too is like is this person I don't there's so many things Melissa well (laughs) is this person right when we responded to her we felt that it was probably because of the nail art that this client took to instagram and was like oh my god look at these nails look how cute they are because let's be honest nine times out of ten when people post nails or anything on instagram it's because of that wow factor like that nail art right the nail art standing out um, you could do the most bomb ass set of solid red nails, but how often do you see one color manicures on Instagram? Like, well, it's honestly, like the speaking. difference of me doing like a single process with like an end toner on a maintenance client and they want it blown out straight in comparison to like one of my foilage clients who's right. got hair down to their like mid back and it's super thick and they want you know curls at the end exactly yeah dimension baby yeah the visually Mm -hmm. they're pleasing right go more towards the latter i mean then there's me and i'd be like who does she go to at the end of the day it's you (laughs) exactly but that doesn't mean feelings aren't going to be hurt there's lots of things i think when me and you had chatted about this melissa i like i said i start to ask questions like do you post nails on instagram like, are you active? Because if you're not posting things, your clients are definitely not going to. Exactly. So, you know, look at this girl. If she's constantly posting stuff, like 
I remember anytime I would repost nails and tag my clients, they were like, yeah. it's like the best day ever, dude. They're like, everyone yeah. see what I do. And so I think that motivates them to like, want to leave. Like, and for instance, like in our courtyard, like I'll always see Melissa's clients, like in front of a bunch <laughs> of flowers, like, you know, but You're like her posting and tagging, then it motivates that, yeah. you know, right. That reshare on the clients. Yeah. Yeah. And then your clients start getting competitive with self, like with nail fees. And you're like, this is good competition, friends. That is very good competition. <laughs> it really is. That's friendly competition. Right. And yeah. I think what we pulled from what we said too was, you know, in the perfect world, you'd almost wish, and like, this is, I mean, like literally the perfect world. Like maybe if the other artist is working and doing the nail art, like they'd maybe be like, you know, I'm so fortunate like when I'm working on their nails that they have such a great foundation right. built and that they tag that other person. I think yeah. we all agree, no matter if it's hair or nails, we would love that version to be the oh, same. Oh, hell yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I wish it was the situation more, but, right. and that was something that like we right. touched on, but you can't control somebody else's actions. You can't control no. somebody else's version of that but if that's something that you feel is important then like you guys said you restructure your social media to encourage your clients to post more about you yeah or yeah ask questions did she like did she say hey I'm gonna send you to this girl or did this girl find her on her own like I mean she really could reach out to the girl and be like oh my goodness I'm you did a beautiful nail art I'm so glad that she got to see you I'm like the nicer that you can be or even just straightforward like if she really just did go in there for nail art I don't know if she did like a full complete fill or what you know what I mean I don't know what the the background of that is but heck yeah dude if that's a team effort I would be like all over it cuz at the end of the day the more I don't know, collaborations you have, like just like Instagram, if you're inviting a collab, like, you know, how you can invite people or yeah, whatever, yeah. it's hitting their people too. Exactly. Like I would be like, dude, at the end of the day, you should definitely try to do that more. Yeah, I'm like, sure. because you're hitting everyone's, theirs and yours, you know? Absolutely. Or even like maybe when that client comes back in to get their, their fill done post the nail art, you could take like, yeah. a before or something, like kind of to tie into what I was yes. talking about, the perfect world, right? Like you yeah. wanting her to post about you saying like, oh my God, it was a great foundation for me to do the nail art on. Well, right. just to say that when that person comes back to you post nail art to get their normal upkeep done, that you maybe don't take a before of their nails before you fill them and say, look how great the grow out is. And that goes into if that, right, that person right, right. did the fill yeah. or whatever. And, and I'm lucky that it was maintained just as well in between. And the nail art was beautiful and lasted, I don't know, three weeks. And right. maybe yeah. that could motivate that relationship yeah. to begin. Like maybe that other person doesn't know how to open the door and start that. So maybe you doing it first could be the perfect compromise. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's actually perfect. Right. And I actually, actually yeah, I think that's something. perfect. Yeah, maybe that's something that the nail art person ha hadn't even thought of, right. honestly. Exactly. She's like, you know, I don't want to like discount the client, but she's like, oh, she only comes to me once or twice a year, you know, whatever type of thing. But 
maybe there's, you know, there's more overlap there that maybe she doesn't have time for a solid color manicure, but she knows that, you know, the person who DM'd us does or something like that. There's definitely more than one way to collab on that right. and yeah. uh, for and that to benefit. Like that other artist's wheelhouse is, is art, like true art on the nails. And then the other person's is more health of the nails. Like, right. It might not even cross her mind to post about the health aspect of the nails because right. she's really focused on the finished product of the art. Right. Like you have to right. remember too that everybody's mind works differently. Like while we all sat here and threw out, you know, the perfect examples of how of community course. should run, each of our minds create what we want our community to be. But you have to give wiggle room and forgiveness and understand that not everybody's going to do exactly what you want or react the same and that's where i think it goes back to like for me i just function in the way i would like others to treat me you can't control if they're going to treat you that way in our industry right but if you step forward as a professional supportive individual you know you've done all you can so when you have a situation like that you can reflect back on it and know you've got the confidence of right you know you did lead by example baby Deep by example. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's the truth. All right. Well, thanks, Candice. Why don't you shout out your Instagrams and your website one more time? Okay. So I am Nail by Candice. My company is on Instagram, Shop My Nail Stuff. The website is www.mynailstuff.com. And we will be sure to tag everything in the description box below. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. Yes. Thank you. Future Melissa here one more time just to close everything out. I hope that you guys absolutely enjoyed that interview. It was such an honor to have Candice on the show. Um, one more time, you can find us on Instagram at the beauty beast podcast. And if you guys could also go and leave us a review on Apple podcasts, that helps more beauty pros find us and get the word out there until then. See you next time.